Okay, so I'm here today with Erie County's new poet laureate, Chuck Joy. Um, so Chuck, you're a poet and also a psychiatrist? Correct. Tell me a little bit about that journey. I mean, Well, I always like to read, um, but I didn't take my own writing seriously for a long time. So although I uh, uh, enjoyed reading poetry and fiction, and I really got a kick out of doing term papers in sort of social science and other subjects, it never even occurred to me to take my writing seriously in terms of poetry. Well, in terms of writing, fiction mm -hmm. primarily, for a long time, and not till after I graduated medical school. And then at that point, um, I did sort of identify a desire or a need to somehow address that um, seriously. And once I started to do that, that took its own course, and I followed that guide for three, four years. And... Um, left the kind of medicine and helping people on hold for a while. I hadn't given much thought to psychiatry. And then at one point, I was living in Erie at the time, it just occurred to me that maybe psychiatry would be an area of medicine where I could, uh, you know, pursue some of the interests that took me to medical school in the first place, but also have enough relationship to concepts and poetry and writing, and that's what happened. And... Uh, Pursuing psychiatry, I uh, ended up focusing on working with children. Mm -hmm. And pursuing poetry, I kept doing it. And uh, I've had various publications and things that have uh, gone on. And uh, so I sort of do both. So you were chosen as Poet Laureate through a competition? Yes. How does that work? It's a... It's, it's a uh, uh, it's not complicated, but it has several parts. The the you a, a person applies to be Erie County's poet laureate. The application requires a bio, um, like a bio that's suitable to the esteemed office for which one is trying to apply. So then, twelve pages of poetry are required, and also a project. This is very key to Erie County's effort. The project is a bigger deal than the poet laureateship in some ways. So all of those elements, those three elements are, are all judged. The bio is just kind of vetted and mm -hmm. then the, the poetry and the project are scored according to a rubric by a panel of judges that are independently determined every year for the competition. Points are collected for that, okay. and then the final segment of the competition is a um, performance at mm. the uh, Bayfront Library, which is also scored according to a rubric. And then all the then the uh, high number is selected as the poet laureate. And the judges are they are they local professors or writers or? Well, they're different. Yeah. The the method is to have. Three judges who are on the uh, on the ongoing Erie County Poetry Initiative Committee, and then four judges who are recruited for each competition from the community. Okay. In my case, they had uh, three people from the committee, and also some a professor from Edinburgh, the owner of the Pressed Bookstore, John Vanko, you know John, mm -hmm. and I think possibly. Another judge, I'm not sure who that was. So you mentioned the project being a key part of yes. the title. 
Tell me about your project. Oh, my project is, is not complex, but there's four parts of that, too. <laughs> the first part is to continue Erie's tradition of uh, compensating visiting poets who come to Erie for our poetry events. And in, along those lines, the second part addresses sustainability by having an effort to start up a poetry production business so that future poets could be visiting on a business level rather than grant funding. The third part is to produce a poetry therapy conference, which is going to be produced in partnership with Harbor Creek Youth Services. And the fourth part is to bring poetry to enhance the relationships between Erie and her four international sister cities. Oh. Yes, yeah, so it's a lot of things. Well, and at those, some of those first components you mentioned, it almost sounds like you're developing an infrastructure to, to advance that art in Erie. Well, that's part of the sort of mission of the okay. project is to do that kind of thing. Okay. Kind of give back to the community, and that's a way to do that. And we were talking a little bit before we got the recorder started, and that sounds like something you've been involved with for a long time in Erie. Yes, I have been. Poetry, of course, outdates me in Erie. The origins of it, when I first became interested in reading poetry in Erie, of course, the art museum would have events from time to time. A couple, a coffee shop, there was a coffee shop called Cappuccino's that had poetry events. There was a pizza place, <laughs> oddly enough. And uh, there was another coffee store up on Peach Street. And then it occurred to me that maybe I could talk to Kathleen Cantrell about doing a regular event at the Erie Bookstore when it was on East 13th Street, and she was very open to that. I think we and she and I had maybe staged some special events before. but And I used to go out of town to read to Meadville and New York, places like the Had Meadville in New York City. But <laughs> the... the uh, she was real open to it, and we thought we'd try a weekly event. I didn't realize how demanding a weekly event would be. There's not a whole lot of weekly poet hosts. A lot of poetry events are either irregular or monthly, so we have a weekly one. And, and I hosted it at the Erie Bookstore for eight years. And then um, C. Williams, who was also a poet laureate, became interested in... Uh, uh, developing a poetry. His initial interest was to do it later at night, so actually the two of them ran together for a while. But when Kathleen sold the Erie bookstore business, um, eventually the poetry stopped being produced there. So she produced weekly poetry first at Poets Hall on East Lake Road and then in the Avalon Hotel for another two years. And he started to lose interest in the energy required to maintain a weekly event. And I was identifying that energy again, but this time I wanted it in a place that had food and legal beverages. <laughs> and I went to Calamari's for a Sunday music show that Johnny Evans was producing. It was like the coolest thing to do on a Sunday. And was inspired to think maybe we could do it at Calamari's. And Johnny was very encouraging, and we started about a year ago. And still continue. I'm struck as you're talking about these events and getting people together in a space and sharing words yeah. and ideas. What what role or what need does that fill in this time? I mean we're also connected to our devices and our screens and not each other necessarily. Well it's interesting you use the word need because this whole endeavor in Erie has always been around 
respecting the need to read. So there is, there does seem to be a need, or at least a drive, for people to uh, perform in that way. And um, it, it's enhanced by the electronics. Like we were talking before, mm -hmm. the Facebook plays a, a large role in Erie's poetry community just in terms of communication. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably true outside of Erie as well. Mm -hmm. I'm sure of it. Um, you mentioned a love of reading that yeah. started your writing. Are there particular poets or authors that captured your imagination as a young person and drew you into your work? Yes, a lot. Now, just to focus on poetry, yeah. uh, I remember and continue to be influenced by encountering John Keats in high school. Most of my poetry interest, I, I connect to high school, although right. I'm sure we read canonical poems and memorized them too in grade school mm -hmm. uh, mostly probably by British poets I'm thinking I watched my own children do that too but anyway um, the, so Keats but at the same time I was reading Keats in high school in 1968-1969 there was lively poetry going on in the world that was evident through the Village Voice and other sites that probably mostly involved beats mm -hmm. and probably a lot involved Allen Ginsberg, mm -hmm. maybe Gregory Corso a little bit. My own interests were not limited to poetry, so Richard Brodigan spoke to me a lot. I think his sentences are, are very high uh, intensity sentences like poetry lines and I think that's what spoke to me, but he wrote a lot of fiction. And uh, not to spend too long on this, to kind of edit it a little bit, later on Charles Bukowski uh, spoke to me and uh, Diane Wachowski and uh, uh, Edna St. Vincent Millay, a local fella named Ron Androla, and ultimately Billy Collins was a, a poet voice that reached me and had a big impact on my uh, style and confidence. Some names. Can you talk to me about your writing process, if there is, I'm not well, sure if that's the right term, but... It's a popular one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, what would you like to know? I mean, Well, um, you know, is it a discipline? Is it something you try to do something every day? Is it when the inspiration strikes you? Uh, is it... Yeah, on that level, it, it's sort of both, but it it's complicated, and it's probably fair to say that if there's a day that goes by that I haven't thought about a line or written it down, I notice that, so it's okay. pretty common. I used to preserve time in my schedule as writing time. I don't do that anymore because I'm comfortable enough. I walk around carrying this notebook. Yep. I'll hold it over here for the photographer to take a picture. And this is one of probably literally, you know, a hundred. And so my process includes when I get a hook in my mind or I start to have an idea or even a, either a title or a line, I feel um, it's my responsibility to copy it down or it's lost forever. So I try to, to discipline my own daydreaming to stay at a level where I'm aware of when I might need to be paying attention. And... Uh, I do pretty well with that. If I, if I stared out this window and had a nice dream that had poetry lines in it, I'd be pretty 
disappointed in myself if I let that go on too long because I feel, like I said, responsible to, to maintain a record of my own work. So mm -hmm. I'll write it down and, and then you either keep going with it or go back to it and add lines to it in longhand in the notebook usually. And once it's drafted, uh, I'll try to type it up into my laptop uh, and um, by then it's pretty well finished. Mm -hmm. I, I am of the school to try to get it right the first time. What okay. I write down is the way I want it. However, I'm not so uh, deep into it that I haven't recognized that there's a good reason to keep an open mind when re-reading this material. And so after it gets typed into... Um, into the computer, um, there it sits until I go back to it. And if I go back to it, uh, I may want to make a small adjustment or something, but usually it's pretty much done by that point. You're not reworking it every time you. No, but take they a look continue to grow. Yeah. The, the poem, I, I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of poems published, and some of them are a little different to me than they appear on the page. Mm -hmm. And I read them that way because I think that's more genuine. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's not a lot, but it's, mm -hmm. sometimes it's a little editing. Maybe there's an extra that that I wished wasn't there. Mm -hmm. or, or maybe the chronology is slightly, slightly changed. Really small details, but to, that's what happens and and so I try to keep up with that but they exist in their published form regardless are there I mean what would you say your main area of exploration is is it nature is it inside is it self is it all of the above um, it's I think that the it, it's, there's a sort of an existential focus kind of at the heart of it. And secondary, secondary to that is sort of relationships. Mm -hmm. And and then there's a matter of setting. So a, a lot of my poems, um, well, I mean, sometimes they feature characters and setting. And so part of the the reward is the creation of a thing with character and setting. Lately, they're almost like po it's almost like poetry that you watch, and the idea is almost movies for the mind type of thing. Uh, that's not exactly thematic, but um, what's going on usually is pretty sort of uh, you know it's it's about life. It, reality is very important to me. My I think. My work is realistic in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. although part of the pleasure of poetry is there is no there is no realism. The poem is it, its own thing. So lately I've been having fun having something that might be realistic turn into uh, something that is impossible. Like maybe the, the room we could just have the windows pull away and a balcony would appear and can do that in a poem or something like that. It's magical realism in a, in well, a poem. Well, it's, it's, yeah, a little bit. Um, do you have a, a sounding, a person, a sounding word that you turn to for, you know, not necessarily editing, but how is this? Well, I will credit my wife. I yeah. mean, we, we, 
have been married a long time and she's been present for a lot of my growth as a poet and and you know she's attended a lot of things we talk sometimes she'll read something and then there's uh poet friends that i've developed over the years uh it's a pretty solitary pursuit though and and most of the dialogue is with myself you were mentioning some figures that influenced you as a youth and they were big cultural figures at the time i mean poets could be famous like they were you know that some of them were cultural icons yeah, and still, stuff still you, are so do you think in the same way though now yeah well the i think that the, i think that i've had the opportunity to be around billy collins for example mm -hmm. who's who's um who's pretty well known and appeals to a lot of people Gannon has a yearly awards event in the spring that's a highlight of the local poetry scene and they okay. have really accomplished poets come in there and Billy Collins was one of them and he was very popular a lot of people I think I understand your question though I mean the the role of poetry has certainly been uh, joined by many other forms of entertainment right. and some of which seem to connect better with money I mean movies didn't exist right. when John Keats was writing and right um, I don't know if poets were ever as well regarded in their own lifetime the big prize winners get attention the people who function in in academic settings get a lot of attention people who write books that sell mm-hmm um, what role do you hope poetry plays in Erie? Well, the, the, the role of poetry in Erie, I think, is to reflect the diversity and activity of the society. I think that there is poetry everywhere. And uh, so what does poetry do for anybody ever? Um, I think it does that for us in Erie, mm -hmm. and that's that's a kind of a what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of um, it it it's it's uh, uh, refined. I mm -hmm. think is what I'm trying to say. It, it's it's something that most everybody is happy with in a glancing form but some people become really taken with it mm -hmm. and the opportunity to to dedicate oneself to the perfection of an art is um, sustainable it's not like most other things that we dedicate ourselves to aren't as perfect and pure as an artistic standard so I think poetry provides that in terms of words talking performing um, that answers your question mm -hmm. um, is there something you could read for us oh sure yeah. Yeah, I have, of course I I want you to have this because uh, there's a nice preface in here that provides a bio, biographical reference if you need it. Um, for example, you asked me about the poets, and most of the names I said are in this, uh, except maybe Frank O'Hara, I may have failed to mention. Um, 
this particular collection represents poems that were selected for their ability to provide uh, setting. So these poems were chosen for uh, the fact we were talking before about setting. Here's one that I think is the uh, spiritual heart of this collection. Uh, shall I just read it? Yes, please. It's called yep. Speech Balloons. Imagine yourself, everyone you know, everything they say above their heads in speech balloons. Your voice, the song you've grown to love or hate or simply find tiresome, say goodbye to it. We're in a comic book. Fold it open toward the middle, one panel featuring you. Tight close-up, your firm features, remarkably attractive, your speech balloon overlapping your hair. Another panel features me, seen through the window of my car, punching a button on the dashboard. My speech balloon, this news makes me happy. I'll be dead someday. Several pages further, three men appear on horseback in Monument Valley, distant orange buttes behind their speech balloons. Folks back east dream this landscape. They prefer strong coffee over contemporary poetry. Poetry, look around you. Words are a disgrace. Speech balloons. <laughs> it's so different when someone speaks it than when you read it on the page. Yeah, maybe you should read one. <laughs> Some are short. I've been writing shorter poems lately. Um, there's a lot of short poetry to write and enjoy, and our region has some really accomplished folks in it. In fact, Poets Hall Press is just releasing a new collection of haiku that hmm. were inspired by the McBride Viaduct effort. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Just coming out right now. Do you want to hear any more? Or sure. Enough? I have one here that might be fun to share. The History of Pittsburgh Avenue. Wish I knew... The history of Pittsburgh Avenue, the true history from the beginning, not necessarily the very beginning, the presumed cooling of the earth, the introduction of water, the carving of the streams and lakes, glaciers. Maybe begin with people. In theory, animals were first. A great blue heron standing in a marsh, alert. The original human peering at that bird from behind evergreen bushes, their branches parted by careful brown hands. That person's people having come from where? Tibet? Or really Africa? Really? Perhaps following paths pressed to dirt by bear or deer. I see the Europeans landing their canoe not far away, Gone native, this far inland from Bay St. Lawrence. French. They are speaking French. They call Pittsburgh Duquesne, I think. 
the English brought Pitt and the rest of their influence, but the Pittsburgh Road is east from here. Pittsburgh Avenue really goes nowhere. The north end stops several blocks before the bluff, and the other end just stops at 38th Street. In between are houses, but mostly industry, a significant crossing of train tracks, some retail, if anywhere. Pittsburgh Avenue reminds me of a street in Fort Lauderdale, almost a highway, and the construction of the interstate shifted many of the details. Pittsburgh Avenue stakes a border to my city, but not in the direction of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Avenue provides a major north-south crossing in a town that runs mostly east and west. In my current ignorance, I am left to imagine the name as ceremonial, Pittsburgh Avenue, named in honor of that great metropolis, Pittsburgh, by people who maybe preferred Cleveland. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. How did that one start? Well, that's a good question. I mean, it, 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 let's see. Um, it might have been a little sort of sound. I, it it kind of starts with that little allusion to uh, a song, mm-hmm. Wish I Knew. I don't know that song, but maybe, maybe that prompted something, and maybe I was around Pittsburgh Avenue at the time. Pretty quickly, though, it was an opportunity to just consider... Um, you know, history around that little prompt. So, I think we do that sort of thing all the time. Driving, around, you know, you'll have that sense of what was this, and but that was that was lovely. Thank well, you. thank you. Part yeah. of the discipline is managing driving. Yes. You can't just keep <laughs> driving if these lines start coming. So, I've convinced most of the people who love me that I will pull over if there's too much to write. And uh, it's difficult for me to write longhand while I'm driving anyway, so usually I'll pull over. Writing is, I mean, driving is a nice time to think of poetry lines. Yeah. Is there anything I didn't ask you about this title or your hopes for this year or poetry in general that... that Well, I'll just say I'm, I'm pleased to have the opportunity to personify the art. It's exciting. Um, I have questions and concerns about personification. I think it has its limits. I, I would like the Erie County Poetry Initiative to support poetry in more ways than the Poet Laureate per se, although that's a lot and it takes a lot of effort. So maybe my project can, can reach out for that a little bit. The uh, sort of inherent, I don't know if it's inherent, but the potential therapeutic nature of poetry speaks to me a lot too. And so the poetry therapy conference that we're anticipating will be a way to try to um, contribute to the development of poetry therapy practice in, in the region. And the sister cities, I think, provides a timely sense of internationalism. Poetry is truly international. Even poetry in English is very, very popular. This this book here, Said the Growling Dog, is published in New Delhi, India. It was mm. it was uh, added to the Nerala series from 
Nerala Publications, which features international poets writing in English, uh, not only in South Asia, but uh, around the world, all the continents. And I'm very pleased to be considered in that, and that's English. And then mm -hmm. the significance of poetry in other languages seems convincing. Mm -hmm. So I think that the uh, activity of trying to uh, pursue truth and beauty through poetry contributes to a appreciation of the international nature of human effort. And so I'm glad to have that be part of my effort as the Poet Laureate, too. I should have asked you more about what that Sister City initiative would look like. Is it too late? No, no, no. Please do. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, I can't tell you, though, too much because yeah. this is an interesting one. There's not a lot of money for it. Yeah. Uh, however, I've had a great luck. Do you, there are four Sister Cities. Mm-hmm. And um, so I chose myself to pursue Merida, Mexico, because I knew that the uh, Roman Catholic Diocese of Erie had mission connection to there. So I'm in the process of trying to uh, ask our local diocese folks, can they direct me towards somebody in Merida to connect with? I don't know where that will lead. Um, the whole initiative is being, or the, this part of it is being pursued in partnership with Poets Hall Press because they have the capacity and maybe an interest if there's anything that leads to small publication. The uh, uh, executive of Poets Hall Press is C. Williams, and he, I asked, to pursue Zebo. So he's doing whatever he's going to do to try to identify. Uh, poets around Zebo, that's a big city. Mm -hmm. And I know there's plenty of poetry in China, so he's kind of interested in an anthology, so that mm -hmm. may come from there. Mercyhurst has an uh, outpost, I call it, in Dungarvan, right. Ireland, so I've been talking to Dr. Greg Brown of Mercyhurst about that. And um, the four city, Lublin, Poland, it turns out that one of my poetry associates, Barbara Crone, has relatives there, and she, I asked her to look into it, see what might enhance our relationship between Erie and Lublin with poetry. Right. So check back. Maybe yes. in we'll six months we'll, have, we'll see where we're going. Yeah, that would be an interesting follow-up story. Um, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the poetry therapy. Mm-hmm. Tell me just a little bit more about that. Well, it's what a, is it? It's a discipline of art. Um, expressive therapies are the general class, and all the arts have their therapeutic equivalent, where the art is utilized in an effort to assist people with healing or wellness development. In art, there's art therapy, and in music, there's music therapy, and in theater, there's psychodrama. And so, indeed, there is poetry, where the point of the poetry technique is to assist in healing or wellness development. And people in Erie County do that. I know that. I work with them. And um, so it's just a nice opportunity to bring more attention to that particular aspect of uh, mental health therapy. Mm -hmm. I thank you very much. Oh, I really enjoyed this conversation. Good, good. I'm glad. And I want and, you to have that for your you. reference, please. Thank you. And keep us posted as the year unfolds. So. Well, I'll do my best. All right. Thank you.